0: Note, for
1: maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR.
2: And we're back! Again. Hello! <laughs> Again. <laughs>
0: Hello.
2: This is. This is Adjust Your Tracking, Ollie. Um, Hello. We're a podcast where we release an episode once every uh, six months.
1: Not even and... that. More, I reckon. I don't, was our like last one Christmas? I think.
2: I don't know. We have... We're a podcast where we re- we record seven episodes and don't release any of them. Yeah, we have got about um... four
1: or five bank- banked, but uh, we haven't <laughs> we have, put we them have. out yet. So <laughs> if you do watch, if you do listen to them, and we're talking about trailers for films that are already on streaming now, uh, just just <laughs> just take that to account. <laughs>
2: They're all ready to go. They will be coming out after yeah. this one, I think. Is that the plan? Is that that's, the, plan, that's the plan, dear, plan. dear so, listeners?
1: So today is just a catch, like a summer catch-up, just talking about what we've been watching over the summer and things like that, I guess. And yeah, like, today
2: is the, the big summer blockbuster bonanza. That's what I'm calling <laughs> it. 2023.
1: The BSBB.
2: The BSBB. You know that every Maybe. every year we, we put forward our best BSBB, and this yeah. year... It's no different.
1: Exactly. I don't think we've ever done it, but anyway, we can always start. This is the first one.
2: This is how traditions start. You exactly. you, you make a, you make a strong choice, and yep. you don't question the choice. You just stick to it. The and BSBB, baby, go forth on the BSBB. Is that what I called?
1: Them? Yep. <laughs> I have what have forgotten? The acronym. <laughs> big some uh, something bonanza. Blockbuster Bounce.
2: bonanza. We're Bounce only talking blockbusters. This, blockbusters. this is blockbusters. This is a blockbuster only space it's yep. a safe space for blockbusters only none of this art house shit I don't want to hear any uh, um uh, other films that have come out no talk to me on this podcast I don't know if that's a fucking <laughs> <don't think> that's, <laughs> that's not really an art house film no and yeah we just figured we'd get together and we can just have a bit of a loose chatty chat about the kind of the big summer movies that have come out because there's been a ton of them uh, that we can kind of catch up on maybe catch up on a bit of movie news uh, maybe some I'm sure there'll be some listing we do listing all the time yep. Um, I'm sure we'll also get an apology from Ollie for not editing those episodes and that's why they're not come out <laughs>
1: well you and, can then say an, not and then an apology
2: from me after we edited them for not actually releasing them
1: yeah not editing them in a timely manner <laughs> but I like in all fairness I have done I did three claymation music videos back to back and it almost it almost killed almost me. Almost broke you. Yeah. No, it did break me. It almost killed me though. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely broke me. Almost killed me.
2: Give us a plug. What have you been working on? Um, Where can people find them?
1: So I did a music video for this you might remember them. They're an old new metal band from back in the nineties called Seven Dust and they've I was not aware they were still going <laughs> and I got a message <laughs> asking if I'd do a video for them and my first reaction was like, They're still going. And it's a (laughs) band called Seven Dust. And um, I actually liked Seven Dust when I was younger, but I just kind of never thought about them afterwards. But they've they've been chugging along. They've been releasing albums every, like, you know, two years, like, you know, all the time. And, um, yeah, they just wanted me to do a Claymation Zombie music video for them. And I thought, well, Claymation Zombies, I'm your person to do that. Yeah,
2: I think that's, that's a unique expertise. Yeah.
1: So uh, uh, me and Brandon, again, the dream team, worked on that one. And, um, yeah, it's done really well. I think it's had over, like, half a million views so far, so I'm really chuffed with that. And uh, it was, like, it was the number one video. Like, you know, like, I know MTV doesn't play music videos anymore, but there's, like, equivalent TV channels in America. And uh, it was, like, number one for, like, five, six weeks in a row, like, their favorite music video. So that was pretty cool.
2: That's sweet.
1: And... um, but yeah, and again, that's called uh, for a band called Seven Dust and the music video is called Fence. And my favourite thing is watching reaction videos because they're so <laughs> bizarre, just watching. Like, some people watch music, uh, the, they do reaction videos and they get annoyed with the video because they say the video is too distracting from the song. And I'm like, well, well I don't <laughs> understand what you're doing. <laughs> just listen to the song, react to the song on Spotify. You can just listen
2: to the song. You can put it on Apple, Apple exactly. Music.
1: Close your eyes or whatever, anyway. Because if anyone's watched my videos, lots of things happen in the mid- them. I tried to make like little mini movies, essentially. So there's a they're like little movies, mini movies set st- to music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just stuff so much stuff in it, which. To but Brandon's they're, they're kind of cool
2: because that like, music videos. I wouldn't say they're a dead industry at all, but like the heyday may be maybe over for them. So it's actually think I think it's a bit more fun now to take a music video and to be a bit more experimental and a bit more kind of storytelling with them because it ma- it gives them more kind of meaning to exist really. yeah exactly and, and
1: and it and also for me like i'm trying you know i want to i am a filmmaker i you know that's yeah. why i aspire to be so just honing my storytelling capabilities yeah. i guess and if you can tell a story w- without any word i mean i know there's words in a song lyrics and that but like there's no dialogue and if you turn off the the music, you can still understand and follow what's going on. So I, I take it as like totally. an as well. Um, I also did a video for a band called, well, it's not a band. It's like a, a like an artist who goes by the name of um, People Taking Pictures and he's the guitarist from the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets and it's his solo oh, fun. Um, thing. And it's kind of like, it's, it's not like the Porn Crumpets, which is like zany, over the top, crazy kind of, I don't know what it is. It's like psychedelic punk, rocky kind of stuff. But this is more like lo-fi, trip-hop kind of stuff. So, you know, like psychedelic, hip-hop-y kind of stuff. And um, I've always wanted to do like a rap video. And this is like the closest I've ever got to it. And um, it's kind of like Postman Pat what I made. It's just (laughs) the song's called The Hill. (laughs) And I just made like a giant set with...
2: I've seen this video, actually. I really liked it.
1: And... um, uh, he filmed some stuff over in australia in his um his green screen studio well his green screen and sent it over to me and i printed out things and cut them out and stuck them on and cut them in and did all kinds of zany stuff and that was really fun and i did it in two weeks and i was so pleased with how <sighs> it turned out and then the next yeah moment, I re- yeah i did a video for a band called great gable who uh are actually kind of in the same scene as the psychedelic porn crumpets they kind of play shows and stuff together and how fun it was all right our video's okay <laughs> it's not my best <laughs> work it's all right and then strong plug there's no storyline to it it's just it's just them playing basically but in claymation yeah um and then now i'm working for the porn crumpets again i'm doing their album artwork oh, fr- oh and then, cool and then i'm doing a christmas music video and you know how much i love christmas <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: Who's that for, the Christmas one? I can't
1: say who that's for. I can tell it to say later Ooh. on under uh, NDA. N- NDA? NDA, yeah. Non-NDA. Yeah, NDA. <laughs> well, I can't say. N-D-A. Yeah. But, um. so yeah, what have you been up to? Uh.
2: What have I don't know.
0: <laughs> like,
2: I've been working.
0: Just
2: working. I don't know. I've been busy, I guess. I've been doing a lot of different stuff. Um. I'm... At the moment, I'm right in the middle of about to leave for America.
1: Oh, you're going to the Big Apple,
2: um, aren't you? I'm going to the Big Apple. I was going to say the Big Cheese. It's not called that. It's so good they named it twice, is what I heard. Um, <laughs> New, York, and New York, New York. New York, New York. T- one's the city, one's the state. You know, that's that's, <laughs> what, that's why they call it that. Um,
0: Have you ever been before?
2: <laughs> what am I on about? <laughs> Have you been to? Oh, I'm, I'm really... Go on, what are you saying?
1: Have you ever been to New York before?
2: No, 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 no. I only ever went to America when I was, I think I was 6, 17 or 18 and I went snowboarding in Northern California. Oh, uh, oh yeah, you brought me back a was,
1: Deftones album.
2: <laughs> I it. did. I went to San Francisco. That's the only place I ever really went to. And so this will be very, very different. I'm going to go hang out with my friend, Paz. Uh, she lives in New Jersey, so I'm going to stay with her for um, the whole time. And I'm super excited. I'm so excited, actually, that I'm full of anxiety about it because I just <laughs> want it to go well. You know, like, I don't want anyone to bother me on the fucking plane. I don't want anything to go awry. Um, I just want to be able to kind of pass through everything and just get to fucking JFK. Like, just say, hi, JFK. Your your nephew's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will say this about JFK. I don't know... On the way out, the duty-free sucks. It's so bad. Like
2: there's new- I'm actually leaving from Newark. Oh, I'm you, arriving you? JFK and leaving from Newark. Okay. Yeah, I came. I, we had an agreement, me and Paz did between us, because her picking me up at JFK at like six o'clock in the day is asking a huge favour for someone to drive into fucking New York and pick you up.
1: I mean, you can, you can get a taxi <laughs> to the main... I've
2: new said a thousand times I'll get a train, but she's insistent that she's going to pick me up. And uh, so I said I'd leave from Newark because it's a much easier journey for her to drop me off. And uh, that means that I get to leave from Gatwick, which is really easy for me to get to. But I come back at Heathrow, which is a real fucking pain oh, for no. me <laughs> to get to get through. So we're kind of tr- trading off right, that kind right. of that, that thing like so it's, it's, it's useful for one and bad for the other. So that's the, kind of the agreement we came to
1: have you got anything uh, in mind that you're going to be doing while you're there like anything in
2: particular? well she's she's put up a, she's almost got an itinerary so I think I'm going to be busy all the fucking time <laughs> but um uh I, I think you know I'm going to spend about a week in New Jersey with her and we're going to see a lot of New Jersey I'm not going to go to Six Flags because I fucking hate theme parks but um she lives quite close to it but I'm still like no thank you I don't want to throw <laughs> up um but we might go to Philly. She's really close to Philly. She's just got engaged. So I think we're going to go see some nice, like, wedding venues and stuff like that as well. Um, I really want to go see, Was- is it called, it might be called Washington Park, but, like, where Washington crossed the Delaware. I really <laughs> want to go see that because it's, like, a historical site and I'm a big history nerd. And, um, but, like, I think we might go to Edison House as well, which might be kind of fun Uh, in New Jersey. We're definitely going to the beach. I've bought a fucking swimming outfit. It's my first one <laughs> okay. I'm nervous as fucking oh. shit but um, that should be fun uh, and then we'll spend like a week in New York and we've got such a packed schedule I really want to go to Snug Harbour I want to see like you know the sights I want to see like a couple of museums I want to go to the Met um, the Betjeman's Bar I really want to go to because it looks really cool I want to see like Stonewall that would be kind of fun um, even though it's meant to be a shit bar but well, I don't have to stay long <laughs> Um, Central Park, uh, Brooklyn Bridge, uh, you know, the normal, oh, I, I, um, maybe Ellis Island is meant to be quite nice. Um, yeah, I think generally be a big kind of tourist. I think we're going to do the Broadway roulette rather than go to partic- a specific show and just see what, likes see what we can get cheap tickets for and just go see a show rather than worry about, I might need to go see this one kind of thing. Um, yeah, just hang out in New York, I guess, and have lots of tasty food and, and things like that really if you allow past to show me around really
1: if you go down to um the area where you can get the ferry to um the statue of liberty the the ghostbusters firehouse is not too far from there <laughs> so <laughs> just a little recommendation. are you
2: going to be disappointed with me if i don't see the Ghostbusters well, yeah, be- Firehouse? <laughs>
1: because when i went i went on my birthday And um, I was so (laughs) excited. I took my sketchbook and I was like, oh, I'm going to draw the firehouse. I'm going to sit there and draw the firehouse. (laughs) And when I got there, it was covered wall to wall in um, scaffolding and netting. And all you could see was a little bit of That's just New York, isn't it? I was so,
2: I've never been more disappointed in (laughs) my (laughs) life. But, um, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to go. I'm going to go to Lincoln Square. Yeah, that's a that's a Ghostbusters location. It is, it is, yeah. I'm definitely going there though because I think we might catch. I don't know. They're playing um, Boogie Nights in 70 millimeter, and oh, that kind of sounds kind of fun. So I might do that. But I also I really want to go see Bottoms. That's just come out in America. It's, it's probably going to be a while it comes out here, and I think me and Pa's going to go see Bottoms will be a lot of fun. So I might just do that. I think it's playing like it's not playing at Lincoln's Lincoln Center but it, you know go to the Alamo or something like that it could be quite a fun little New York thing to do definitely um and yeah I'm just yeah I'm just really excited to be honest uh,
1: you're, like I've when I go to like major cities in abroad I always find I feel a bit awkward like um I didn't like Paris too much um but for some reason I just felt I felt right at home in New York I don't I don't know why like some. I'm such a tourist, normally like a stick out like a sore thumb because I just bumble around everywhere. <laughs> but um, just the only th- only advice is just don't. If someone hands you a CD, don't accept it because <laughs> they just walk up to you and hand you a CD and then they're like, "That's twenty dollars," and you're like, "Um, nope." Who <laughs> like, has a CD? That's what they a do. CD. Yeah, they still. I do
2: can't it. play a CD. So, I don't know what this is. Someone, this, like, if this someone did it to me. in Birmingham, technology.
1: Someone did it to me in Birmingham <laughs> the other day. I was like, I, I don't even own a CD player anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah.
1: so um i think So we're gonna I think
2: what oh i don't, I don't know what i was gonna say about movie locations in new york i think i mean they're diamond doesn't
1: in new york i mean you've got like <laughs> just name any 70s movie that were shot in new york, right you know? um i know
2: like i think we might end up at i don't know we might end up at cat's maybe you're gonna watch cats no we might end up at cat's diner where they got harry and sally harry and sally i don't
1: watch
2: cats whatever you do no 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 no. uh so i think i think we might end up there i don't know i just want a big deli sandwich that has so too much stuff in it oh yeah you gotta do that you gotta do that (laughs) i don't want one of them a bagel with lots of moment i got taught this word schmear Oh, a you gotta have lots of schmear in your in your bagel. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm talking New York now. I'll
1: tell you what, there is nothing nicer than a bagel from New York. Like <laughs> you've never had a bagel until you've had a New York bagel.
2: Oh well I happen to know the bagels in New Jersey are better because the water's better.
1: Uh, see Brandon said the opposite <laughs> to me, so and he's from New Jersey as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he's self hating.
1: Yeah, that's true, that is true. <laughs> so um let's talk some movies what have you been watching at the cinemas then recently what are some of your yeah should we summer... just
2: kind of go through in order of like the big the big kind of summer releases and just have like chatty chats about it
1: yeah what, like what, when are we saying summer starts is it the beginning of may end of april beginning well
2: in england summer started this week so <laughs> we can't really go by that and is the but... end
1: the last weekend the last week of august is that Is that kind of where you... I guess
2: so. I didn't really think about this much. (laughs) (laughs) What's been the summer releases that we've seen? So, obviously, the big release that everyone can't stop talking about is The Flash, clearly. (laughs) A a movie that's taken 52 years to make, I think.
1: I know, and like, what, 10 directors? (laughs) But they've always had the same star. He's like, well, they've, sorry, they've always been attached throughout all the different iterations, haven't they? But I know they had the guy. Have out. they?
2: There's never been another person attached to that role.
1: Well, I'm <laughs> guessing because since it was announced in, I'm guessing, 2014 when they announced... I th- I'm pretty sure Ezra Miller was announced then because they were shooting Batman v Superman. Christ! So it's almost been Oh my been God! Of course, years.
2: and the trailer for him was in that movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like where he's just kind of getting a drink or whatever, and he's I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that was that was that long ago, and I think in that time uh, they had the director of Dope was on it for a while. I forgot his name now, but I think he oh right he directs yeah. a lot of um, book uh, Mandalorian and stuff now. Uh, what's his name? That's that's gonna annoy me now. It's a good film, Dope. If you haven't seen Dope
2: it is a good film yeah. uh,
1: Rick Famuyiwa, I think he was he was going to do because uh, he was the one who hired uh, Kirstie uh, Kirstie Clemens and she kind of got messed around a lot didn't she as well and got cut out of yep. Justice League and then was put back in and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and uh, was really underutilised in the finished film of uh, The Flash and um, yeah and I think they had the, some of the guys who wrote um, one of the Spider-Man movies as well I think they were going to direct it and even at one point Ezra Miller themselves wrote a script that they were going to get made because really? it was just it was just like a complete clusterfuck <laughs> but I mean yeah what did you think of the finished film?
2: <laughs> I mean it's it's barely a fucking it's barely a fucking like film is it? it's like it's... it barely exists it's 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 it's, it's it's nothing it's not a flash movie it's like
1: <laughs> I don't I don't even know what kind of movie it's It's absolute drivel is what it is it's it's, yeah. pro- it's probably one of the most like repugnant ugly looking films I've ever seen it just yeah. looks vile and like whose idea was it to put a Tim Burton or you know Michael Keaton's Batman in it and not feature his world in any way Pointless. shape or it's, point I don't even
2: or, I'm so confused who it's for like, I'm just so confused why I'm watching this. Like, I don't... Why are we... Why is Michael Keaton in this? It's... It, I was so irritated by it. And he's, like, sleepwalking through it. He's absolutely giving nothing. It's... It's pathetic.
0: Yeah,
1: it's... Like, <laughs> I'm, like... Don't get me wrong. You know, I have a lot of nostalgia for things. I, you know, I love those 90s Batman movie. Well, you know, 89 sure. and, uh, Batman Returns and stuff. But... I had no desire to see him as Batman again. And even when it was announced, I wasn't like, yippee! I was just like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? What's...
2: I was far more interested in the idea of then doing Batgirl with him as, like, an older Bruce. That has something. There's something there to play with. But this is just boring. And as you say, it's like, this is not Tim Burton's Batman. Like, this is... At all, it's just, like, Michael Keaton... It's not like, it's not Tim Burton's Batman in the slightest. The world's not the same. It doesn't make any sense. And, like, and it's just dull. Like the, I think that's the worst thing about it.
1: Oh, totally. Like, I think the the, the appeal for me of those Batman films, as well as Michael Keaton, it's, it's the world, it's the look, it's the cinematography and, you know, it's the music, the sound. And why, why put that in your film if you're not even going to use any of that? Like, I I'm pretty sure, bar one scene, this Batman is out in the daytime, like, at what mm-hmm. point was mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's Batman ever out in the daytime in those films? I mean, he starts like,
2: as a weird hobo thing that I don't get. Well, which they've when done he already says he's, in,
1: they've done that in Dark Knight Rises. Why do that again?
2: <laughs> and when he does, like, um, you want to get nuts? It, it's not even response to anything. Yeah, it's just it's, like, remember it's... this line when I said it. Like this, remember this line that he line. says. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I really, really, really hate the how like. DC movies feel like people need, wanting to make a Batman movie all the time. Well, and I that's mean, exactly what this felt like to me. No one making this cared about the Flash in the slightest. Like, there's no Flash lore in this that's being explored. There's nothing about... And I fucking love the Flash. Like, I'm a huge Flash fan. And there's nothing in this that even leads towards... Um, like, trying to actually make a Flash series or universe or character... I can't stand the cameo stuff in this fucking film. But worse than that, the presentation of Barry's life, his personality, how they depict his powers, like the meta metabolism, that metabolism shit throughout the whole movie.
1: Oh, just having to is, be all the time and stuff.
2: It's just boring. I'm like, this is not this is not how you make a fun Flash movie. There's nothing in it. There was no none of his rogues gallery none of none of his relationship with the city none of his relationship with his family or even this why have the story about his dead mom which i cannot stand that fucking story i cannot stand how a jeff john story from like 10 years ago is now concrete fucking law for every flash film ever going to tell like i don't need it like you do not need to have this story Mm -hmm. unless you're doing about fucking um reverse flash so if you aren't doing the reverse flash story why is this this film why is why are we fighting against his mom dying and his dad and his dad going to jail for a murder he didn't commit if it's not going to be revealed that reverse flash did it and we're gonna we're gonna change the timeline to fix this error of like the timeline if you're not gonna do that why the fuck are we doing this like yeah. what is the point of this film it's i just I'm so angry at it <laughs>
1: It's like the intro, like why was why wasn't that a villain like Captain Cold or something like that? Or like Anyway. And annoyingly yeah. they killed Boomerang off in the Suicide Squad, but who cares? They could have brought him back. It doesn't really matter. But um yeah. But I think it's a technically I think that was a Batman villain. I think it's like one of the um uh oh, forgotten what the families now. It's one of the families that's in um the long Halloween and stuff. It's related to one of those that's meant to be
2: okay. Didn't even pick up on well, that. Yeah, of course exactly. it's a fucking Batman villain.
1: But Batman, like...
2: <laughs> they only care about Batman stuff.
1: The Ben Affleck Batman stuff looked terrible. Whatever he costume he was wearing, I have no idea. And No. Like, obviously it was a stuntman or a CGI, like, characters throughout most of it. Pretty sure Ben Affleck had, like, two close-ups and that's it. Pretty much. Like, yeah. That's all he did. And then, spoilers, we get a little bit of uh, Wonder Woman. and Yeah. I just, I'm going to say this now and it might get me in trouble, but I, I don't like her as an actress and I just, I, you know, she's a very pretty lady and I just, I just, I can't, I I, I, I can't buy her in anything I watch her in. And I'm obviously going to make Gal Gadot. I just, there's something about her I just don't want to. and
2: I think she's managed to get worse every single time yeah. she's played Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, that's what I th- find fascinating about her. But I can't even... I can't blame her too much because everyone is bad in this. Like, yeah. no one is good in this. I love Michael Keaton. He's awful in this. Like, yeah. I, I. Stupid. And I don't. And I The fucking. And then the cameo stuff, just. You, you're all ready to give up on this film. And then the cameo stuff happens, and you're just like. This is the one of the worst things I've ever watched. It's, it's the
1: presentation <laughs> like, of it like so obviously yeah. they're kind of it's almost like a cosmic treadmill kind of thing where he's like running on the spot kind of thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but they chicken out from actually putting a cosmic treadmill exactly. in it.
1: And it's kind of like it's all around him, his whole all the different variations and all the it's it's weird how they depict it. And it's all like all plasticky looking and their get out clause is that it can look a bit fake because it's whatever the fuck, I don't know. And then you see these giant orbs, which are meant to be the other worlds, and they're all colliding. And <laughs> like, I just don't understand how it works. Or why couldn't they have just done it? That he's like running and he's just somehow zipping through the timelines and just mm-hmm. happens to run past Christopher Reeve, if you want to put him in, or uh, Nicolas Cage and stuff. And like, why do
2: we get these horrible
1: CGI?
2: where well, they all just stare at the camera for a bit.
1: You know, if if you're <laughs> if you're a really talented filmmaker, you could pick some moments out of Batman 66 that you could like really if you work at it, you can those were shot on film, you know, so they they will look pretty mm. good. And if you you know, alter the footage of Ezra Miller to kind of fit that look you could totally have him running, or even like the funny scenes where Batman and Robin, Batman and Robin are running with the rear screen projection. You could do something with that, and like, yeah, if you're yeah you have, could do something inventive. If, and if you're fun, gonna do something fun yeah. with it, have fun with it. Don't do this boring shit where they're just kind of like looking all morose and stuff. Like, I don't. I don't <sighs> know.
2: And like the the whole depiction of the multiverse in DC has always been like depicted as smash glass, right? Yeah, yeah. So you could have like shards of universe smash into the screen and stuff like that yeah, with glimpses fun, of like a universe but not as like a focus on him it's so boring how they just cut some focuses for nothing for like I don't give a sh- who gives a shit that Nick Cage is there I, why is that's not fun it would be fun if the whole film had Nick Cage Superman in it well, then just do that then yeah, yeah exactly just like just be like, uh, like, make it clear he broke the universe and it's a weird fucking world he's in because Nick Cage is Superman. And why does need you to can do that just, choice. Just like, have
1: him as he is now and don't make you look like this weird yeah. kind of, I don't no. know, just off-putting CGI that...
2: Uh, That's a fucking Kevin Smith story. Like, it's just... I don't know. I just was so like, this is so boring and so, like, pointless. I think it's fun the idea that, oh my God, he broke the universe and now look, our, our well-loved movie universe is all fucked up but they could have lent into that if they wanted to do that and actually made made some good out of it i think the Supergirl um character is kind of the best thing about the, sh- the show she's I mean, totally the, show, under- the movie
1: she's t- she looks great her costume's awesome it's the best costume. yeah sasha like, the flash she costume. looks great
2: but she's completely unfucking Oh, used
1: totally. in this it's like the flash costume is ugly in this ugly as shit ugly as sin yeah and her costume though I have to say hats off that looks really nice it's really elegant yeah I think um, she
2: looks good she's clearly the best thing about the film yeah um, <laughs> and completely undersold completely underused Michael Shannon is just fucking sleeping I oh, can again, tell he hated making it
1: again I'm pretty sure they just filmed a few close-ups of him and that's it yeah like you know like like th- if you go back to how they film Man of Steel, he's never in a costume; he's just in a green screen suit, and then they just CGI it. Yeah. Him. So it's just a floating head basically, <laughs> and it's the savior. Speaking of floating heads, this like uh, Thor: Love and Thunder has one of the most terrible <laughs> visual effects shots of a floating head just popping out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just Google it. It's terrible. The
2: special effects in this look dreadful. Yeah. It's not even. It's they look absolutely fucking dreadful. They're they're, they're laughable. Yeah. I can't believe it's I can't believe this is how like a like a 2 million dollar fucking film. I looks, bet you it's something. even more. 200 than that. Million.
1: With all the kind of stops and starts and stuff, I reckon it's probably a yeah. 300 million dollar film and you know, all the delays I had to do because of the situations with Ezra Miller and stuff, all the pro- promo they probably had to stop and start and all this It's
2: to stuff. have a shithead like Ezra Miller at the center of your film and you insist on releasing it. Yeah. and it's this that's embarrassing like if, if they had insisted that we have to release this and it was something really worthwhile and something that was like a pillar to to their plans going forward this is this is just the most forgetful thing that's ever been made Like, and you staked your fucking legacy on this fucking asshole this like criminal asshole yep. you staked on to lose this much money it's fucking the worst
1: well, I mean it's to be fair but at the end they literally s- stick Ezra Miller in the shittest DC continuity they'll never touch again and that's the George Clooney one so <laughs> we're never gonna see him again so, or them again
2: like sorry, I couldn't so. even I couldn't even work out what that was if it like is that is this a joke well like originally is if, this
1: if you watch if you watch like the behind we see look for behind the scenes photos of the filming of the Flash there are shots of Supergirl and Michael Keaton's Batman at the um, the courthouse at the end so that's meant to be. That was the, that was going to be the new setting that sh- she was going to take over the role of Superman essentially, and he was going to be the new Batman taken over from Bale. But then obviously plans changed. James Gunn took over. They got rid of Michael Keaton as Batman. Axed Batgirl. So they thought, well, let's not bother with the Michael Keaton stuff. Let's just do a whole. We've got the Batman, and let's do our own in continuity Batman for the new. DC Universe or whatever. So and there's so they just thought let's just do a funny little gag at the end. And that so like,
2: they basically just chased um, George Clooney on a street and filmed him walking out of a car.
1: Yeah, he was like <laughs> he was in one of his French adverts or whatever that he's. <laughs> it does you know, look like you know they mean? just found him yeah, like, doing one of his coffee. Adverts. He's about to
2: sell some like coffee. Yeah. That's oh, so bad. Anyway, moving on. Let's, That's talk, one let's talk
1: about a better multiversal film. And that's, uh, okay. Into the spider? Well, no, it's entered across the Spider Verse, isn't it?
2: Across the Spider Verse, yeah. yes. It's so funny how this came out. Bef- did it come out after Flash? Was that the release? I, no,
1: it was before the Flash. It was like two weeks. I think. Was it before Flash? Flash? Yeah, that's yeah. really funny.
2: <laughs> this is really good, I'll
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, we saw the first one. We had a superhero day, didn't we, back in Christmas two? Yeah, we did. Yeah. And uh, we watched Aquaman, which we just kind of giggled the whole way through because it's just silly. Yeah,
2: another movie that sounds like it's been destroyed by DC as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, again. Um, I mean, the first one wasn't very good, but it was still fun. It was fun.
2: James Wan knows what he's doing if you just let him fucking play. Yeah.
1: But... um Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention the director of The Flash is now in charge of the the new in-continuity Batman stuff, isn't he? So we'll see how yeah, that goes. Yeah.
2: Everyone always has to make a Batman movie. The, yeah. the apparently the delay with Aquaman 2... We we need to move away from this. Apparently the delay with Aquaman 2 is because they can't decide whether uh, Batman's in it or not. So they basically <laughs> decided Batman has to be in it, and they shot a shitload of stuff with Ben Affleck for it, and then they and went, Michael oh, maybe should doesn't <laughs> actually take him out now. So
1: interesting anyway so across the spider verse yeah so we saw the first one uh enter the spider verse at the cinema after after the aquaman and i wasn't expecting much from it to be honest i mean it looked fun but i wasn't expecting it to kind of be in my top 20 of all time films like i was just blown away by it and i just couldn't stop thinking about it and um yeah i was really excited to watch uh across the spider-verse and i think for the most part it lived up to it i've got a few little nitpicks that we'll probably get to but um sure. but i think visually it's just it's just jaw-droppingly gorgeous yeah and especially yeah. like spoilers you've kind of got s- sequences with uh, a vulture from like kind of a different universe that yeah that Gwen i earlier on and it's just stunning it's it's drawn like a da vinci kind of sketch and stuff like that it's, it's yeah so good um yeah, and I just think Miles is such a wonderful character and um, yeah, really well real- realized. Same with Gwen. Gwen gets a lot more to do in this film as well. Yeah, I loved Gwen in this. Um, yeah, the, my only my only gripes were that I knew this was a two parter, but I think it, it's leaning too heavily on that, and it it I just don't think it'll feel as rewarding on repeat viewings because. I like to watch a film and know that I can not have to watch another film afterwards if, if I don't have to. Does that make sense? Yeah. And this is I like think... a full-on, like cliffhanger. This is like the mother
2: of all cliffhangers, and the, yeah, and I did with the feel with right... that coming though. I didn't. No, I did feel I think it coming, it
1: was... but that's why I think just I, 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 I feel they could do the story in one. There's a lot of. Like there's a a party sequence that seems to last a very, 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 very long time. They keep coming back to it, you know, on the rooftop, and I, I just felt it. It just felt it felt a little bit dragged out in places and a bit unnecessarily. But I still think it's fantastic. So
2: yeah, I think we'll see how the third one turns out. I think the real shame of this is I think you can only really do a cliffhanger like this is if you aren't waiting too long for the sequel. Well, and it, it, it was announced to be March next year. Yeah, which is never going to It was never going to happen when they announced that, and now, now it's with the, pretty the fucking clear it's, it's the, never going to yeah. happen. Um, it's going to be
1: three years so max, or, or at easily, the minimum. You know? And I, I know people who work on it, and they're just like, we haven't even started work on it yet, so don't expect sure. it anytime right, soon. Because, yeah. like, if you... I mean, it's been pretty well documented that the production of this was pretty wasn't great for the people involved no you know, a lot of crunch and stuff like that. thankfully the one guy I that i that know who was in charge of like the special effects department because weirdly animated films have special effects in it <laughs> who'd have thought sure and um apparently he was really good on making sure everything was done on time and then there was no crunch for him so well done ryan <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so yeah what were your overall thoughts of the film though
2: I think, like, I think I said at the time that it really reminds me of um, Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, but and, a better
1: version of that. No
2: offense. <laughs> I know you but like I mean that in a real positive way. I love Matrix Reloaded. I know you. Do. Um, and uh, it feels like they're kind of opening up that world a little bit and dragging more stuff into it. So they're introducing you to a new like area, a whole new kind of zone of people that you need to kind of know about and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they're they're dragging like different worlds into it, into like the very clear cut first film, um, and then the ending ending is just that kind of very bog standard cliffhanger. This is a cliffhanger, not like this is an ending, and that feels like Matrix Reloaded to me a lot. And it feels think, very like, very comic
1: booky, doesn't it? Like you've got to get the next yeah to get the next story,
2: and I don't mind that. Again, I love Matrix Reloaded. This is not meant to be a slight. And uh, But I did start getting that twinge of disappointment when I felt the story rounding up because I didn't want it to end. I was really invested yeah. in it. I wanted to see where it was going. I wanted to see everything happen. However, I did get so excited when my friends came back at the end. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that was a nice little kind of payoff, like a little treat for me when I knew this was ending and then they're like, and here's all your friends again, like, um, which I liked. So that did kind of made me make me leave the kind of cinema with like a you know a bit of a bit of joy in my heart rather than just being frustrated about the ending. Yeah, it's going to be interesting so I didn't...
1: to see how it pay, it goes now with Gwen kind of leading the the new team with you know Peter B. Yeah. Parker and Spider Ham and Spider Man Noir and who's the, who's the uh, the Mangle one? The anime. I can't remember kind of her
2: name. Is it Penny? Is it? Yeah, never Penny Parker or something like that. Yeah. I liked Penny a lot. Going through her Evangelion stage, <laughs> um, yeah. I I generally just really, really loved it. I love just watching it and letting it play out. I I think some of the vo- audio audio performances are fantastic. Oh, um, Oscar
1: Isaac's so good as um, yeah as uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. No, what's it called?
2: Yeah, yeah, and um you've already talked about like miles and and um gwen like Haley, and but i th- wanted to shout out jason schwartzman i think he's doing a really fucking good job in this um one of my i think maybe one of my favorite jason schwartzman roles i think he's doing a lot with this character and i really really enjoyed watching it yeah i absolutely fucking loved the Indian Spider-Man. I can't remember what his name was. Oh, that was a fantastic um,
1: sequence and, and especially, I just love how every single area looks different. It's a kind of different painting. Yeah, it just like felt
2: it. alive and I just, I was so I just so enjoying watching him on screen. And even and Gwen's kind of universe fun is and of of the animation of it.
1: Like Gwen's universe, the way it kind of rep- looks like how she does kind of as well with all that you know, the yeah. scheme. That's fantastic brilliant and it
2: was just so much fun and and as you say like i think it's an absolute fucking triumph and i can't wait for more of it it's like it's these films are the only time i sit and watch a spider-man film and it feels like a spider-man film (laughs) and because i'm i'm there for like the romance i'm there for the different characters i'm he feels like an underdog he feels like everyone's against him he feels like he's just trying to find himself and you know, it's a kid trying to fight against this shit, and it's much more Spider-Man than anything else that's come out. Oh yeah, I mean, forever.
1: Well, I, I mean, I still think Spider-Man Two is one of the benchmarks. I still hold that up in yeah, high yeah. regard. But
2: that's that's forever ago. But
1: it's, and don't get me wrong, I like uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. But I, those films just do not do not like work for me. They don't work Ghost. for me. And they don't
2: work for me in the slightest. I like Tom Holland just fine, but those movies don't work for yeah. me in, in the tall. I am hoping that if and, they do a fourth one
1: of those, they kind of leave the baggage of the MCU alone and just kind of do their own thing for a bit. But but they probably won't. <laughs>
2: they can't. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of MCU, is there any MCU films for this this summer blockbuster bonanza we can talk about?
1: I have not watched an MCU film since Shang Chi, so if oh so, if there's any you have watched that you can kind of talk about, because I think. The only one would have been is it Guardians? I mean, Guardian? I've
2: seen, yeah, Guardians Three. Yeah, I still have I've you d- not seen I w- Guardians Three then? I
1: will see Guardians Three because I think it's just now gone to Disney Plus. so I will go to it. It's on, it's on the D Plus. It's on the D Plus. Disney One.
2: Disney One. It's good. It's good. Um, it is. It is good. For is it all a nice my
1: like, for the characters and the director and.
2: I hope so. I they they leave it open enough to do anything. I hope it is. Even my utter dislike of this of um Doodle Flip Tracks <laughs> Chris Pratt oh Chris
0: Pratt
2: yeah um Doodle allowed Flip. me to still enjoy the movie <laughs> uh it's yeah it's really good it it really worked for me so and it and it felt emotional and I didn't really like the second one as much as other people like it and I, and I, like, I think I like this one like maybe just a touch more so I definitely shout out um I loved, uh, is it Maria Bakalova from Borat? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she's she plays Cosmo in this, and I fucking love Cosmo. She's in the, the dog. Yeah, and um, <laughs> she's so good in this in in Guardians Street. She's so fucking good. I loved her so much. And shout out, and this can be a fucking transition. I shouldn't shout out when I found a transition. I should just do it. And shout out to Pom Clement Clementov who is so good at Man- as Mantis in Guardians 3, um, really kind of explores that character and does a lot. And then fucking Dead Reckoning Part 1, I love her so much. <laughs> she's like, she's actress of the summer for me. I love her in Dead Reckoning Part 1 so fucking much. I think she's so hot and so fun. Um, I just, I'm, I'm absolutely all for her being in the, the next, next Mission Impossible film. She was, and do you know she she's playing? So good do you know in... she's playing Leonard Nimoy's character?
1: <laughs> hang on, hang on, start again. She's what?
2: So Tom I'm Clement, like... Clement, Clement
1: So just I. She was so good in Mission Impossible that I didn't even know it was her from uh, Guardians. I didn't put <laughs> two and two together because I'm just <laughs> used to having a little antenna and her black eyes and whatever. <laughs> that she looked so different. And like obviously she's kind of a very kind of eyes wide open kind of character in Guardians and in this she's kind of like quite sadistic and
2: just insane. I fucking love her in this. It's her driving that giant truck through Rome trying to just drive over like the glee, Tom Cruise the excitement tiny car. Face. <laughs> the fucking best. And that like her just bringing a pipe to the alleyway to fight him. <laughs> I'm just like I love, I love her. I love her so much. <laughs>
1: I'm always down for a hot kind of hitman kind of girl with a you know a little plaid skirt on a little plaid
2: pleat skirt. Definitely. It it's, felt it's everything. It's the absolute mood.
1: It felt very like go go yubari kind of, you know, kill Bill yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And I, I like that in the Mission Impossibles. What were you saying about Leonard Nimoy then? What were you what were
2: you saying? <laughs> so she plays Paris in um in the Mission Impossible. Yeah. Dead Reckoning Part One. Leonard Nimoy's character was called Paris in the original T V show.
1: I don't know why. <laughs> and
2: um, I think he might have been playing. Oh God. It's one of those things when I think he's playing a different ethnicity in. Oh. In it, I think I can't remember. I've never watched the original Mission Impossible. I just know. I just know that um, Leonard Nimoy Nemoy played Paris, and now Pom is playing Paris. <laughs> and I think that's kind of fun when they find something to rip through the originals. So.
1: So what did you think of the film overall,
2: though? I really had a good time. I really, really had a good time. I, I just love watching those movies. I can just... I, f- I watched it with a really good audience as well. Really kind of, like, relaxed, fun, cheering audience. And I just felt like I sat in my seat and had a bubble tea with Taro, <laughs> And I just relaxed there and just, just fell into, like, Mission Impossible world. And... And just watching those insane stunts and the action going on and I mean I love the interaction of like I love Simon Pegg in those movies mm-hmm. I love Hayley Atwell in those movies a lot um, I thought Rebecca Ferguson had a great kind of introduction though I was a little bit against her because I've, sorry I mean other way around I was a little, a little against Haley Atwell coming in because I love Rebecca Ferguson so right. fucking much but like she still was really good and um I love how Ving Rames is now just, like, it, him and his little hat is sitting down in Mission Impossible films. He, he's <laughs> like, basically
1: what we wrote in our superhero thing, the man of the computer, basically, isn't he? He's like, yeah, he's, totally. He's That's who Luther name. is, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: um, I, and I just love watching Tom Cruise on the big screen. Like, The, the guy knows how to be in front of a camera more than, yeah, I everyone. think, more than just about anyone else on the planet. He knows how he looks on camera and how he acts, and I just have so much joy over that. And I just thought this one was having so much fun and was kind of just kept on ramping up. Whilst what I like about the series is it tries to find ways to kind of justify itself and to try and build law, but it doesn't really matter. You're just waiting for him to jump off a cliff on a motorcycle. Like you're just finding that excuse to do it um, and enjoy it along the way. And I'm, I, I really loved it. I'm really sad it didn't make very good mon- much money well, in mean, the box it's, office. It's made over 500 I think-
1: million, I think, to date.
2: Yeah, I think that was its latest... Um, I think it's done better abroad, but I think that was its latest, latest domestic. It's, it's crazy but, um, that the
1: second one is the highest-grossing one to date. And like adjusted for inflation, <laughs> it's nearly a billion dollars almost, which is insane.
2: John Woo. John Woo was on fire. Um, yeah, I, I I think it had a bad release date. I don't know why they released it when it did. Um, because it was a, only had a week in IMAX cinemas before fucking Oppenheimer. So and I think if you can name two people who have like the general community and industry kind of idea of what an IMAX film is, it's Tom Cruise and it's Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> so why the studio just didn't give them give Mission Impossible more time? Because if you'd put this up against Indy, it would have destroyed indie. Yeah. Later. And I just felt it. I think its release date is more than the quality of the film. I think its release date is what actually fucked its. It's money. Yeah. Um, and it. this is another one that's had a really hard journey to screen because of COVID. They, you know, they announced they were doing back-to-back sequels and they're going to release them, you know, I think it was two years ago or something. And because of like just COVID shooting and everything else like that, it's dragged it on and on and on and on really. So we'll see. Have they actually started filming? We'll see what the, the second one is. Have they
1: started filming part two?
2: I think so. I think they've filmed it. Oh, I'm okay. not totally sure, but...
1: I, I do think the um, the 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 highly praised stunt in this wasn't as as impressive as previous films and I think that's purely for the fact that I don't it just didn't resonate didn't look very it didn't look as impressive I'm sure it was because he actually did go at that cliff but the fact they had to CGI <laughs> the cliff over the top of like the ramp and stuff it just I don't know it just kind of didn't feel that like they could have done that same shot with visual effects and it wouldn't have looked any different I
2: think. Sure. But they still did it. And I like, what but they still right. did. it. And I think, I, I think what's more interesting. I think it's is the best the that I've the ever shot on a train though, like on top of a train. Yeah. And they were f- like, you still got like Shea with, 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 <laughs> with, with when, <laughs> on top of a fucking train, which I don't know if Shea ever kind of thought that was going to be his career. Um, and I know that Macquarie said, if they realized how hard it was to shoot on top of a train, they wouldn't have done it. <laughs> um, and I feel like anyone could have told you how difficult it would have been to shoot that, but whatever i yeah, I yeah, I get what you mean. It wasn't quite as like thrilling as some of the stunts they've done before, but it was still I still just love the fact that they do it more than anything else. I love the fact that someone's still shooting this, and it's it exists. It's sometimes like when you watch like Seventies Bond movies, and I don't like seventies Bond movies, I don't like mm-hmm. more at all, really. But, like, you do watch it, and the opening of this, the movie is them jumping out of a plane. It's not Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, a real person jumping you out of know, a plane. Yeah, it's just a person with a mask on. But they are fighting in the air, and they jump out of a plane, and it's a very long shot, and the camera's there as well. And I love that. I love the fact they used to do that. And I love the fact that Mission is still trying to find a way to, to push that forward and do it. And well, like... For me, it's just a joy. I mean, I have to say, I just love watching them.
1: Going back to Nolan as well, like you know, as you were saying, like with IMAX, they're both a component of like in camera, uh, you know, yeah, visuals, aren't they? You know, like Nolan's yeah. always doing stuff in camera, like in the Dark Knight Rises, that whole playing intro sequence is actually done for real, yeah. isn't it? And stuff like that. But um, I kind of yeah, like shoot how... it in
2: camera and shoot and watch it as big as you can, and I love that. I love the fact that they both love that, you know.
1: But I think for me, like, um, my favourite Mission Impossible is still the first one. I, I don't know why I think because it, it feels the most espionage out of all of them. You know, it's it's, okay. got, it's got a lot of the double crossing and all that kind of stuff. But this one I felt was the most easiest one to follow, pretty much. It's very simple and it's kind of like, mm. the only task is we need to get the key or whatever. That's it. That's yeah. That's the quest of that film is just to get that part yeah. of the key. Um,
2: Talking of the first one I did really like When McCrory was doing His little Dutch angles In, in like his little like, Brian De Palma's <laughs> yeah, little, When like Kittredge department. was on screen He was very much like Aping like De Palma's Like use of Like the, like, the totally. camera And I thought that was Quite fun um,
1: And uh, going back To the big stunt I do like how it leads To the way that Tom Cruise literally Like just burst Through a carriage <laughs> Just <laughs> Yes Yeah that really
2: <laughs> Made me laugh <laughs> And uh, <laughs>
1: And then the scene that follows that, where he's kind of climbing, traversing with Hayley Atwell the the carriages, felt very uh, yeah. uncharted to me. I don't know if you've ever played Uncharted, but the, the opening of the mm. second game, you're literally climbing up through the uh, through the carriages as it's like as it's falling down the mountain. It's really cool. And uh, yeah, it is
2: really cool. It is really cool. I think it was you that said there was one too many carriages. Which I don't disagree many, with. But,
1: but... Uh, I think the film, like much like. Um, Across the Spider-Verse and The Flash as well. Just too long. Just I miss it. I miss the two-hour mark on some of these films. I think, you know, just show 15, 20 minutes off these things and they would be perfect. Uh, I
2: mean, I've mentioned it very quickly, but that's the same with fucking... I don't know if you've watched indie, but it is diabolically long. I, I d- hated it.
1: I, 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 on one hand, want to watch indie and on the other hand, I don't want to watch it. So I'm with two minds. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get round to it eventually and I'll probably if I end up enjoying it I might kick myself for not seeing it the cinema but everything I've seen from it I just I, I have no interest I just I only want to see it because I love indie. those first three films yeah, especially yeah. the first one the first film Raiders is in my top 10 of all time films I love that for sure to bits absolutely adore it's Raiders yeah wonderful cinema
2: there's no I hated this film I hated Indy I just I, re- I think I was even generous when I reviewed it I think I gave it two and a half which I think is generous because I just hated watching it and like if you watch Dial of Destiny versus Mission Impossible, they're both doing the same kind of thing, which is you've got this kind of main character who keeps stumbling into a set piece, right? And they has to get you have to get out of this set piece to survive. And the way Indy does it is so fucking dull. It's so boring. It's so closed in when when he finds these little set pieces. I liked the little underwater thing that happens in it. I won't try and say too much because you haven't seen it, but there's a little underwater sequence which is probably its peak <laughs> of the film. But it's all the same thing. It's every single time it's, oh, we've got a hit. Oh, no, the, the baddies are here. Oh, they've got an upper hand. Oh, they've got away with the thing. Oh, don't worry, we've actually got it. And it's every, it does that, like like clockwork, every like 10, 15 minutes is another one of them. And they're just sitting there going, I fucking hate this. This is doing nothing. And like, um, Phoebe Wallabridge is is doing the kind of like, I'm a bit of I'm a bit of a rogue, right? Like, but you kind of love me, kind of thing. Which I'm all for. Like, I I I, know, I I you know, I love a tall, a tall girl who's a bit of a rogue who you fall in love with. But like well Hayley Atwell Compa- it so <laughs> it, that's exactly Haley Atwell does it so much better it's insane like to compare the two it's fucking mind-boggling how annoying it is that how bad they're doing it in indie um, I just hated it it's so it's so devoid of fucking everything and it's so long <laughs> it goes on forever <laughs> and it's, it's terrible it's so- really really terrible and I just I can't believe that's i can't believe that's the legacy of fucking indiana jones is this awful movie so is it worse like, at least than like crystal skull. i didn't like crystal skull but at least fucking spielberg knows how to get in and out of action yeah, sequences yeah, yeah. and and set pieces and this doesn't this doesn't fucking have a clue well,
1: that's a shame yes you you i don't know what what you were talking about there but it, i just want to go back to mission impossible and you were talking about how sure. they went back to De Palma's use of like Dutch angles and stuff. I love how they brought back like the lighter and stuff like that and the the sleight of hand stuff. Yeah, I love those little nods. And um, I have to point out my friend Sophia shares two shots with uh, Tom Cruise on an escalator. Like she's like she's like right bang in the middle of the frame. Tom Cruise is right behind her, and I was like, yeah, go Sophia. And uh, yeah, but that's when because they because they, they shot in the John Loop Lew- or well, the old John Lewis where my wife used to work, and they converted it into the the airport which obviously has Tom Cruise running on top of it
2: So that wasn't um, a Dhabi airport. Did they shot they shot there as well? They shot in both. I know it's pronounced so Abu Dhabi.
1: I think they did most of the close-ups and stuff in Birmingham, and because um, there was it's many, done. there was many shots of Tom Cruise having a curry like in one of the Bolton, <laughs> <Balti> Triangle <laughs> area.
2: I love how Tom Cruise lives in like Derbyshire. It's so funny to me. Oh, you <laughs> like, told me about this,
1: and I think it's insane. Yeah. He lives with Macquarie.
2: Yeah, him, he, him, and Macquarie and Macquarie's wife have a nice little and a thruple going on i guess in a in their big mansion in in a Derbyshire. do
1: you reckon they've got some pampas grass outside their house
2: pampas grass what is this a reference to
1: <laughs> well, if you have pampas grass outside your house it means you're a swinger so i don't know
2: does it yeah apparently so it's pampas grass
1: it's like uh kind of like big reedy kind of like it grows in the sun
2: oh the- okay 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 yeah. I'm not sure that that might not be the code since like the seventies. <laughs> and an,
1: uh, apparently, an upturned pineapple, upturned pineapple, is another one. Hmm.
2: Huh.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: I've never been in the swinging scene. I was, not I, I
1: thought you were reaching out for your pineapple to turn upside down or something.
2: I have got a pineapple downstairs. It's <laughs> it's not very visible though. I need to put it in the window and there put a know. light behind it, like X Files. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or make a pineapple out of. Uh, you know, mask tape. masking tape. Of mask tape. I love how you got The man from Del Monte turns it. <laughs> anyway. What's the next Oh, I'm trying to think what... Uh, I guess Barbie's the next big one.
2: I think we should go to Oppenheimer because Oppenheimer. I spoke about Oppenheimer already.
1: Okay, so I just... Just to preface this, um I was meant to see Oppenheimer with my dad because it was his birthday present. I was going to take him to the IMAX and treat oh. him... And then he decided to do some woodwork the day before we were going to go and completely scratched the fuck out of his eye. <laughs> so he's had an eye patch on and stuff like that. And um, he's now better. And we're now just trying to schedule him when we can actually see Oppenheimer. So I haven't seen it, which hurts me beyond belief because Christopher Nolan's my boy and I haven't seen it yet. and It makes me really, really sad.
2: I can't believe we're doing the, the big Blockbuster Bonanza and you haven't seen... The big blockbuster banana I
1: know It makes me really really sad I've been trying to see it But I promised him We would go and see it And yeah It just hasn't been able to You could
2: have snuck off And watched anyway And you'd you'd want to see this again anyway
1: I know I know But yeah I'm going to see I'm seeing it Sunday So Maybe we can I can I can slip in a little bit at
2: the end. Yeah. Slip in your like, Ooh, it's amazing. <laughs> is it amazing? It is though. It's, it's stunning. It's absolutely fucking stunning. It's, it's, it's the best, one of the best things he's ever done. It might be the best thing. I don't know. It's if, if someone told me it's the best thing he ever done, you'd be like, yeah, of course you're right. Cause it's just like an absolutely glorious achievement in making something. Um, Cause it's, it's like a, it's like a period drama that's investigating the idea of like uh, more like morality mm-hmm. around kind of science and kind of treatment of like people within politics and how politics and science interact. And it's shot like a fucking action film. Like it's, it's shot like the biggest action film you've ever seen in your life edited like that as well. Like the editing in this movie is stunning. I I, I didn't realize this was going to be such a fucking achievement editing going in and um and sound the sound in this film is just glorious well people get annoyed like, just, with his
1: sound mixing so is he kind of is he kind of perfected it now because sometimes the- I had
2: no problem whatsoever I, did, I thought what? sound mixing this was fucking stunning the sound tr- the way the soundtrack never gives up and you've got the use of Geiger meters and stuff like that into it and the drums and like that's a plot point kind of even like some of the music in it is a is a kind of plot point to it it's I think it's stunning I like, I can't quite shake it from my bones after watching it.
1: I mean, really. I've never had a problem with his sound at the cinema. Probably at home, because no, you, know, you don't have the but
2: setups. at home, of course you do, because people don't have the proper setups. Exactly. This is why the cinemas exist. Exactly. Like, um, like yeah, you, 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 could probably, TV, you might have watch... an issue with his sound at home. That's probably true, because he's doing so much layering and so much stuff with it that yeah. you need a proper sound system to be able to deal with it. And that's why you go to the fucking cinema that has, like, in THX and everything else like that. Like... What's um
1: taking him so long to put Killian Murphy in a lead, though? Like he's,
2: I don't think it's him. I think it's been. I don't think Killian Murphy's managed to really be at that place in his career that he can be a lead for, like a studio's point of view. Like if, it, like obviously he can lead like a smaller film, but if you're giving like a, I don't know a two hundred million dollar film, I don't really think studios have considered him a good enough lead yet. I think that's really just what it's been, more than anything else. I think, you know, Peaky Blinders has changed that. And also, I think Nolan's got to the point now where he can be like, no, trust me, this is the right kind of casting. I think this helps that he's pretty much playing... um, He's playing kind of next to, I don't know, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, really, still. Like, Robert Downey Jr. Who um doesn't really
1: star in many films <laughs> at all. No,
2: no, but, like... I think if you go to a studio, go and we got a two-header. One of them is like Cillian Murphy, and the other one is um, Robert Downey Jr. So like Cillian like Murphy. Um, how can they argue that? Um, and Robert Downey Jr. is he's a lock for um, best supporting. I, I
1: thought uh, I obviously yeah. haven't seen it, but um, I thought Matt Damon was like the second lead. Is it actually more so Downey Jr. I though?
2: think. I would say Downey's more the second lead for this. Okay. I think Um, Matt Damon, Matt Damon's really big in it, but he kind of disappears a lot. Right. Really? Like, and he's very important to a very specific part of the story. Emily Blunt is obviously really big throughout all the film as well. She is amazing. Her big scene is another kind of that you can play that in front of the Oscar noms kind of thing. And... uh, God, who isn't good in this? They're all fucking good. The casting Has... in this movie, everyone is in it. You know, like, and they've done such a good job of casting of being like here's Dane DeHaan, his fucking Tom Hanks, his Einstein. It. Yeah, yeah. Is he actually like, good in this? I, I,
1: I find yeah. I struggle to like Dane. He's DeHaan great.
2: Is but... uh, Alden Alden Einrich. Enric? I could never say names. Um, like Matthew Modine, fucking like Matthew Modine's. Bar- got it. Um, Benny Sadafi, Casey Affleck, Rami Malek, Josh Hartnett is really good in this. I like Josh. Kenneth Branner fucking destroys it. Jason Clarke's in it. Dylan Arnold's in it. Um, I tell you who fucking is so good in this movie, David Crumholtz. David- fucking. Where do I know that name rules. from? Rules.
1: Remind <laughs> me, I know the
2: name. You know him. You definitely know him. He was in Ten Things I Hate About You. He was. He was. He was in the Santa Claus. He's like Thingy the Elf or whatever. Oh, um, well, I know. Who who's in you
0: mean.
1: I know who you mean. Bernard man. the elf. Yeah, I know exactly who you mean.
2: Yeah, he's. I fucking love the Crumholtz, and he's so good in this. He really, really, really is like wonderful in this movie. Um, he plays uh, basically like um Oppenheimer's best friend, and uh, it's i don't know it's just wonderful i I like it's i love the use of einstein in it i love the use of like there's things i dislike about it that's like politically maybe um or at least the presentation of some thorny issues which i wasn't totally on board with but largely i'm like this is just a triumph like this is just a wonderful wonderful triumph of a movie and i don't know how anyone could kind of say any say opposite really I'm very excited for you to watch it. No, I'm really the, um, excited to watch it. The Trinity scene I think is is one of the more haunting kind of scenes I've ever watched in the like in the cinema. I got to watch it on thirty mm so oh, I didn't nice. quite watch seventy millimeter, but, but like still still you've got um, to see it on
1: film at least though, that's something.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's still projected and it just haunting the way he shoots it. Like without having to use visual effects and stuff like that. It's um it's wonderful. It's It is absolutely wonderful, and quite exciting to be honest that it exists.
1: And it's really cool that like an a grown up film quotes is doing as yeah. well as it is. Like it's nearly it's at seven hundred million. These numbers you know, yeah. nearly seven hundred million, which is probably one of his highest grossing like non sci fi films. Well, to be honest, they've all been sci fi or action, haven't they? To be honest, but um,
0: yeah. But
2: the, absolutely, Barbenheimer has helped both the films i think as well like which kind of goes against um general understanding of kind of box office and we we know we're going to see this it's it's the ultimate to try and capitalize on it but But
1: this is the thing though they've done this for years like counter programming it's just for some reason it's it really took off this year and like they haven't done it for a long time to be honest and no they haven't done it for a long time And like do you think this will be something they will purposely try to? This is the new They will. They'll
2: try and replicate this and it won't work. Of course it won't because it was just like a
1: one off thing.
2: But these both feel special as well. I think Barbie feels incredibly special, even though it's like really it's just like an IP movie, but I think there's something that feels very, very special about it and very like a unique thing that you gotta see and gotta experience and I I mean I felt like that.
1: So going back, do you reckon there is someone that could be traced back to coining the term Barbenheimer? Is there, like, someone who originated it that can...
2: I kind of bet there is. I I bet there is someone.
1: The amount of, like, merch and things like that that have been made off of it, posters, t-shirts. Did you partake in the t-shirt?
2: No, I
1: didn't. (laughs) Did you you dress up? Like, did you... Because some people made, like, a proper event out of it, didn't they? I mean, we um... we know Tom Cruise did. I'm going to go across the street to the cinema and i'm um, gonna purchase my tickets talking. for uh
2: that that video of him with the big pocket of popcorns is my favorite thing <laughs> it should win the oscar this year do you think <laughs> love he, the movies got my popcorn love popcorn do
1: you think he does go to the cinema with just average folks like
2: he does he absolutely does yeah do you reckon he, i keep my dream is that i'm gonna see him in like like Odeon piccadilly one day
1: Re- yeah, but I reckon he has actually got the Mission Impossible face mask technology. <laughs> so, will, you won't know if it's him or not.
2: To be fair to him, off-season when he's not shooting Mission Impossible, so I think he just piles on the pounds as well. Do you reckon? Yeah, he kind of does. Like, he always got, like, like he he lets himself kind of get a bit bigger. Yeah, he grows his hair and lets his hair.
1: But when is he not shooting hair. those movies? He's always shooting them. They take so True. long
2: to shoot. He needs to. He needs to let himself go grey. That's what we're asking for, Tom. I told you, did it with in some...
1: collateral, didn't he? But
2: I know, and I fucking love collateral. I need to watch. I've got game. back to need Tom. To... Don't get me back on Tom Cruise. Chat.
1: <laughs> so, any final thoughts on um, Oppenheimer? How's the music? Is it is it stereotypical? No, it's like... stunning.
2: It's stunning. The music is absolutely stunning. Like it's like they, that. This use of like like anxiety and um, Geiger counters and like. Heavy beats and stuff like that. It's such a, it's it's such an achievement. I can't say more than that. It's just such like a wonderful achievement of of making a movie. Like it really is in yeah. every single way.
1: It's totally unrelated, but I guested it on a podcast the other week called uh, Dave's Video Graveyard, and um, one, of the, one of the questions was, um, if you could choose any song to be like the theme tune for your movie, what what would it be? <laughs> I picked Atmosphere by Russ Abbott but it'd be slowed down like um, Le'Veon Rose in, um, uh, <laughs> in um, Inception, so it would just be atmosphere for the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even
2: version. know what song you're on about. Have you not heard Atmosphere
1: <laughs> by Russ Abbott? No. Uh, how are we friends? I thought you knew about this song. You know who <laughs> Russ Abbott is
2: kind of like a northern comedian
1: yeah he had like a tv show in the like 80s and early 90s that's so probably you probably just okay. blanked it out of your memory <laughs> anyway
2: 80s, i was like four ollie <laughs> like, I'll cut that i wasn't watching russ abbott's <laughs> game show <laughs> all right okay so we, we, we
1: talked about oppenheimer let's talk about barbie
2: yeah Barbie's so good. Barbie's I did kind of dress up. I went very pink when I went to go see it because I was going to do them on the same day.
0: Yeah.
2: And I decided I was going to do Oppenheimer first and then follow up with Barbie. I think there's been some chat about which way is the best way to do it. Okay. Um, and I think maybe that might have been the wrong way, I've been told. But I don't know. I, I haven't, I'm not up to date with the discourse <laughs> around that. Okay. But I, I went to go see Oppenheimer and I was feeling a bit ill afterwards a little beaten up so I thought oh you know I'll go home and I'll just go like I'll see if I'll go to sleep and I'll just catch Barbie in the morning and I woke up the next day with a fucking horrible cold (laughs) like so I didn't get to see Barbie until maybe a week later I think okay um instead of seeing one the same day which was still fine like I'm saying like it was this long week I had to wait just wishing I could go watch Barbie um but it's so good <laughs> like it's so good
1: i i had a blast watching it i really enjoyed it yeah all those fucking... it's
2: so funny i think it's one of the funniest films i've seen in a long long time because it feels like every single line is designed to be like a joke and designed to be funny in some way and then built on top of that all the visuals are like whimsical and funny and and comical in that kind of way like it just feels like it's constantly hitting you with like funny lines and funny jokes which I don't think I was expecting it to be that kind of that like just loading on you with just humour which I just loved I just thought was hilarious
1: well like Michael Sen- Sarah's uh, character Alan
2: <laughs> Alan we all love Alan
1: um, like I thought it was I, I, like Caroline was quite surprised I wanted to see it. and I was like well of course I want to see it look at the cast the, you know the people behind it it's, it's It's going to be of a quality movie you know i've been
2: saying this has been something i've been saying to people for the past year like that i can't wait for barbie i'm really looking forward to it. it's going to be great and you do get that reaction of like what the fuck you want about it's a barbie movie or like you want to see that because a lot of my friends always think i'm like you know she's the movie fucking like pretentious fucking trans girl (laughs) so she she doesn't want to see like stupid fucking blockbusters and I'm like yeah I do I like movies (laughs) I like all of them (laughs) and and but like I but I had to keep on like defending it saying yeah I know but it's directed by Greta Gerwig who's one of the best directors working right now I love all of her films we don't talk about nights and weekends (laughs) like I love (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, I loved her movies when, like, when she was acting. Kid. Like, Frances Ha is, like, a oh. f- seminal piece for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, of course I want to watch fucking Greta Gerwig do an adaptation. Did you watch Little Women? It's the best adaptation of Little Women yeah. that's ever existed. Like, she's good at adapting stuff. She finds a story. She finds what she wants to tell. She finds a meaning. She's, you know, in that Tim Burton way, she's a really good way, as person of being able to adapt to property. And... Giving her Barbie was the right fucking move because she manages to find something that's strongly established in the Barbie IP, which is what Mattel want, but actually using it to tell a story, which is not only funny, it's not only loud, it's selling a lot of fucking singles, you know. It's doing all that studio shit, but it's also giving me something meaningful. It's giving me Mm -hmm. something that I cried over. It's giving me something. It's telling me something about myself and other people and it's meaning something to me in a larger way of just this film it's just the barbie ip i had this kind of thing going into it and i spoke to my other trans friends about this in the fact that like as a trans person what the fuck does barbie mean to me because mm-hmm. obviously if i was born cis i would have had a barbie right <laughs> i yeah. would have like you know i probably would have had a fucking doll You're if i if i was born cis <laughs> yeah and then instead i had like he-man figures or something yeah. um but Which like
1: to be fair and not they're not really that dissimilar when you look at it in a, no they're not in a weird way but like and it's just i feel like like the the female equivalent of he-man was she which still had which had rooted hair it was there to be combed and stuff like that so
2: yeah and she ruled i yeah. had a she <laughs> <laughs> but like um it, it kind of felt like you know you don't choose to have a Barbie when you're young. You're bought it because you're at that age where you get bought things. Yeah, totally. Like, And you'd be like, you're a girl, so here's your Barbie kind of thing. By the time like, I was old enough to buy myself anything, I would never have gone near it because I was too aware of the fact that, you know, if I like this, I'll be kind of called out about this. I'll be, you know, kind of teased or something. And this is not for me kind of thing. I do. So it's always been something...
1: I had the Cindy dollhouse growing up it was my (laughs) ghost own it
2: but like I was kind of just finding I wanted that discussion with some trans people to be like so what does does anyone have before we go watch Barbie does anyone have any like does it mean anything to any of us because it's like can it mean anything to us because it's kind of something you come to as a child and no one is like out as a trans child at least when we were young like so like like what can this ever mean anything kind of thing and i had a great discussion about the idea of like does this mean anything does this stand for anything and none of us could kind of kind of come up with anything after the film i can answer that question you know like i, I got it like i got what this means i got what it means to me i got what i got how it fits into my like kind of life and i got what it's trying to do and especially because the movie itself is it's not even a strong leap to make a trans-like story about it because it's about someone discovering what womanhood is, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point of the movie. So it's not a huge leap to say that you can relate to that as a trans person. But like, I, I like just seeing that kind of idea of like femininity and and feminism pushed through a lens of whatever lens you need to push it through is fantastic. And I know there's a lot of discourse out there about the fact that it's quite binary in its outlook, though. You do have Alan, <laughs> and the, one of but, um, the, isn't
1: the Doctor Barbie played by a trans actor or actress? She is,
2: well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, is it Harry Harry Neff yeah. as well? Like, and you have a lot of that I know. Like, but the story itself, the world itself, it's very much binary t- storytelling, which I don't have a huge problem with because I think it's relating to the world and the IP. Yeah. But I know that some trans people do have that problem. I, which is I, fine. I,
1: if I'm if I'm honest, I did wonder about that. I was chatting to Caroline about it, and I was wondering how trans people would take because obviously at the end she goes to the gynecologist and it's all about i've got a bit yeah. now and i was i was wondering like is that what they're trying to say that that's what a woman is like Do you know what i mean and i was, I, was I think
2: that's an unfair reading of it i've heard that a few yeah. times i do think that's an unfair reading i'm not, that I'm saying. not saying that's I what think i got that... from it i just no i know curious, like, i know what the, the thoughts would be but i don't i think i think if you're i think i've heard that a number of times thinking that like the idea of, like, her genitalia is what makes her a woman at the end of the film. Yeah. And I do just, I think that's unfair to what the flow of the film is actually doing. Right. And I think it's just about the idea that the fact that, like, being a woman is full of complications and different shit that you deal with, like, and the kind of impossibleness. Like, is it um America Ferrara's, like, whole speech is about the impossible situation you're put into as, to, like, to try and be a woman to manage kind of complete juxtaposed kind of ideas constantly. Mm -hmm. You've got to be the strongest person in the world, but not too strong because then, then you're not, you know, you're betraying kind of femininity. You've got to be like vulnerable, but not too vulnerable because then you're historic. (laughs) That whole thing like um, is wonderful. And I think that that last joke, it falls into that kind of flow of what that film's doing rather than it being about the kind of medicalization or like, gender binary i don't think it's trying to do that it's i think like... that is an unfair reading and i've heard that from a number of trans people as well and i'm always slightly pushing back like it's funny that like there's been two you know Barbenheimer we've got barbie and oppenheimer one's literally about a guy who made a bomb that killed like oh, hundreds yeah, of thousands, thousands of people, of people yet yeah. barbie is the one that's having all the fucking discourse <laughs> like,
1: yeah well it's it's like when i when me and Caroline saw it like that big speech that really affected Caroline and she was crying and then yeah, there's a guy really affected me there's a guy yeah. behind me was just laughing at it and it's like you get these horrible neck beard dude bros who <laughs> like like I was like, I was uh, just watching reviews on YouTube because I watch a few review shows and you know like when you watch a video and then another one starts playing just automatically and it was another you gotta Barbie. turn off that autoplay I know I need to because the other one was another Barbie review and this was like they were like, "Oh, I went in to see the Barbie movie thinking, that it was just going to be like a fish out of water story, and it's about how she gets up to hijinks and stuff like that." And I was like, "You're not seeing who's behind the film, like who's making it. <laughs> yeah. it's like, what, what yeah. in what world did you think this was the film?" And then they were like, "Oh, and it's saying that the patriarchy is bad, and it's like, just stop it, stop it, like,
2: yeah, stop it, shut up, stop
1: it, shut up, yeah. Just I don't want yeah. to hear your horrible, shitty takes on films where you kind of." all sit in your little video podcast things where you're in your little boxes and you're all kind of <laughs> sniffing each other's farts because you agree with your shitty opinions. And, you know, half of you, are like, haven't even seen the film, but yet talking shit about the film and you know nothing about what you're talking about. And it made me very, very angry that the, these people exist. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's one thing if you don't like a film. That's totally fair. You can not like a film, but don't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. kind of put your shitty views on it and say it's a shit film because i don't know that just angers me just annoys me
2: yeah i just like i mean i think i summed it up um i I think i wrote my little i got my thoughts together for my letterbox review but like it's it manages to be a kind of love let love letter to like the lives women lead right Mm -hmm. and how they're kind of kind of beautiful painful messy and shitty and weird and and I think like I think (laughs) this is this is a line from my friend actually she said uh, the girlies that get get it get it and the men who get it won't mind me calling them girlies so they're included like that's the kind of flow of that film is is what it's doing it's inviting you to be in this loud messy fucking feminine world and not worry about it I think it does such a good job of demonstrating the way patriarchy hurts men and women. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real achievement, to be doing that in a nonsense children's comedy movie that's unapologetically about Barbie. It actually manages to demonstrate that, just that little story that patriarchy is bad for both, like for men and women. It's not just keeping women down. It ruins men as well. I think- and I think that's that's a good thing for this children's fucking movie about Barbie to be. <laughs> like it
0: like, like, is. Like,
1: like, these same dude bro neck beards, they were like um they were complaining that it had raunchy humour in it. I'm like, why would why, why is this an issue? Like, you know the the oh whole beach off scene and stuff like that. It's like I guarantee <laughs> you you watched um Roger Rabbit as a child and didn't care. Like it didn't affect pro- you.
2: Yeah, you probably love Ace Ventura. Exactly. And
1: it's like <laughs> But anyway,
2: I thought um, it's I, so dumb. Obviously I thought Ken as, Ryan Gosling as Ken was, was so good. I
1: was just gonna say, like, obviously Margot Robbie's very good at it, but I honestly, oh, think, she's stunning. Yeah. But I think Ryan got like I've never seen Ryan Gosling say so many words in a film for a star because <laughs> normally he's just the quiet. he's
2: such a funny little man, and he's, in real life. He's such a weird guy, like <laughs> that to cast him as Ken is genius. I
1: <laughs> I thought he was so funny in this film and um yeah and he has he probably has just as much of an arc as barbie if not more like what he go, what he you know he goes through in the film and um yeah i just thought it was so well done and i just really enjoyed it yeah i'm not gonna say it was the best film I've ever seen but i had a really good time with it and uh Yeah, I loved it. it And I'm really glad that even though it does do the whole thing, we're gonna go to the real world like He Man did in back in the (laughs) eighties or whatever. At least they went back there and they kind of did something different with it and kind of
2: I was so happy how quickly they just went back to Barbie Land. Yeah. I was so relieved. I felt like a weight off my shoulder. That it wasn't going to be stuck in the real world. I love, like I was so happy about that.
1: Like I love just how bonkers it is in the fact that like Will Ferrell. Like I, d- I still don't under- quite understand how they operate the the management team of Mattel, like with um, <laughs> Will Ferrell's character and stuff.
2: Because I love how it, there's barely any reason for them to be in yeah, it. Yeah, but they're con- like, contradicting really?
1: themselves all the time and stuff. And then yeah. um, the lady from Cheers, what's her name? She's like the creator of and she yeah, she pops she's like, Rhea Pullman.
2: that that monologue at the end killed me
1: and she was really good in it and um like yeah like just in a room she's in there like in a, her old yeah kitchen <laughs> and uh, um what was what, what was the other scene that was going to bring it but my mind's gotten totally dead oh you know the the fucked up barbie what she called weird barbie
2: or whatever weird barbie yeah, yeah caroline I made I a good
1: know. point that she should have had really fucked up feet because all children chewed their Barbies' feet, so they should should have had like chewed at mangled feet. But that may me one step too far. <laughs> it might be a bit disgusting to watch in, in a quote-unquote children's film.
2: I liked. I thought um, Simu really was really really good in it. Yeah, like, I know just, that he's was... not very well loved on the internet, but I thought he absolutely got the. Yeah, he played it well. He got the vibe. He knew the job and that, like nailed it. I thought that dance sequence was so funny.
1: Uh when it kind of cuts to like different kind of visuals and things like that and Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, like, the fight sequence on the beach but then it cuts to like, the dance sequence and like, it cuts, that bit.
2: Yeah, also. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I thought it was so good. And
1: like when they're playing the music.
2: Yes. Do you know what
1: do you <laughs> know what's really funny though? I've had the re- opposite reaction opposite of that. I went to a girl's house when I was like 16 or whatever. And she pulled out a guitar and started to play to me. And it was like the exact same kind of thing, but total role reversal just made me laugh so much.
2: The absolute butthurt over the Zack Snyder joke and oh, the Godfather God. joke is so pathetic. It's so pathetic that people are hurt by that.
1: I bet you even Zack Snyder laughed at that, you know.
2: Yeah, he probably would, yeah. He and probably like, would.
1: You know, Margot Robbie was part of the verse and all that stuff and whatever, so... yeah. It's all fun and And games. But it is that,
2: that is, how can you not understand that that is bro culture for like movies online? That is the joke that you act like this when we take the piss out of this bro culture. Yeah. (laughs) And the fucking Godfather 2 made me laugh so much. Like, what was the line she says? Like, can you, can we start again and you can keep pausing it and tell me what's going on or something? I can't remember what she says. I just fucking, it, it was so good. I loved it so much.
1: Right,
2: um, good movie. So what else have you seen? <laughs> is that kind of uh, is that kind of the blockbusters? Have we covered no, really all the big blockbusters? You're missing this
1: summer.
2: one. Go on then. What am I missing?
1: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant. <laughs> <mate. Yeah.
2: laughs> oh, Ollie, I haven't heard of this. Who are these? Who are these characters? <laughs>
1: these four heroes in a half shell. Um, I had a really good time. What is in
2: a half shell mean?
1: It's, yeah, it's a good point. Actually, I don't know. Well, I guess. <laughs> A shell is, like, completely all-encompassing, maybe? And so, is it just the back part of the shell? So there's just, like, a half a shell? I don't know.
2: Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Because um, I, I know you get served oysters in a half shell at posh restaurants. Yeah. And these are heroes in a half shell. Maybe I
1: could do my own spin-off of oysters. Teenage Mutant Karate Oysters.
2: I don't think they would last long. Squishy little things.
1: <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it, you know. Me and Caroline went and cool. I didn't think Caroline would enjoy it, but she was laughing the whole way through. And nice. It's, it again, like Spider-Verse, it's stunning to look at. It's I wouldn't say yeah. it, it's not, a. It, well, it is aping off of Spider-Verse because it's kind of doing its own, like, kind of painterly thing. Obviously, the turtles are named after painters, so they're probably leaning into that a little bit. And, um, oh, that's a fun idea. I and, like that. And um, it's a bit more visually consistent than Spider-Verse because obviously Spider-Verse is going to all the different universes, so the style constantly changes, whereas Turtles is pretty much the same style the whole way through. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really wonderful little film. And again, the fucking neck dude, beard fucking twats are, <laughs> are on the case again about April O'Neill being they? black. And it's like oh wow I was like if you ever, if you read the original comic books which I have done because I'm quite a big fan of the Ninja Turtles she's <laughs> they were black and white books for a start Um, yes I'd say the very first iteration of April looked white in the first couple of comics and she wasn't a reporter she's like a science technician and then but then oh, really? in, but then in several issues later she looks more like a black girl and so it's like right. and the thing with Ninja Turtles as well every iteration of the Turtles is slightly different the only the only like yeah, consistent yeah, 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 factor yeah. is that it's four teenagers, and t- four teenage mutant turtles who are trained by a rat. That's kind of like the main consistent thing. And <laughs> That's else, kind of it. Yeah, everything else changes and it's very different. And like this is no different. And um, I thought April was really good in the film. And uh, uh, but yeah, going back to the visuals, um, everything is like uh, nothing symmetrical. Everything's like all off center and all buildings are crooked and it's meant to be a bit kind of like. The doodle in the back of a sketchbook, uh, your, you know your, uh, the liner notes of your notebook at school, and things like that, and um, like the actual voice actors are teenagers and they sound like teenagers. And you can tell they're in the booth at the same time. And oh, I like that a lot. They've got like real camaraderie between the two of them. Uh, Jackie Chan, I know he's a bit of a controversial figure nowadays, but um, he is very good doing the voice work of Splinter.
2: Sure. He's a great actor.
1: Yeah. um, And they've obviously changed the history because originally, so it depends on which version. Either Splinter is the rat of Imato Yoshi and he's killed (laughs) by the shredder, and kind of when he becomes a, a mutant rat, he vows revenge on the shredder. And then there's the other version where it is Imato Yoshi who then becomes a rat and then kind of vows revenge on. The shredder this one has no connection to any of that he's just an American rat who is happens to sound Chinese and he, he trains the <laughs> teenage he teen he trains his teenage turtles in the art of ninjutsu just to protect themselves so that humans can't hurt them basically and um, yeah uh, but yeah I think it was really wonderful it's like a hundred minutes nice and short uh, again looks beautiful the music is wonderful it's by uh, trent Reznor and atticus ross like even if you have no intention of watching the film just get the soundtrack on it's so good it's kind of got a bit of a nice it does sound a bit nine inch nails at times but also a bit kind of the scott pilgrim nice. um uh soundtrack a bit video gamey as well because obviously it's it's kind of like throwing in everything you'd have loved about turtles so those old video games you know like turtles in time and stuff like that and the old ninja the old action figures that we'd have had as kids and it was, like a, yeah. it was a one-handed, nice, nostalgic uh, movie, but also kind of a new thing as well. So I it was really cool.
2: Trying to kind of refresh it because obviously there's a whole new audience that could watch it now as well.
1: Yeah. but um, Ice Cube was wonderful as well as Superfly Their Villain. It was really, really good. Oh, nice. I, I,
2: always liked I really want to see it, actually. I've been looking forward to it because I just think it looks inventive, which I think is what I've been struggling with I mean I'm 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 not going to claim to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan like you are I don't I simply am not like I wouldn't um, say but,
1: I'm a massive fan I just like the toys just for yeah. the visuals and I like some of the early comic books and the first movie but I don't care about the cartoons and stuff like that that's not really my interest but Yeah so I'm not a super super fan but sorry I just had to
2: make that. It's play. fine. I just mean like it I every time one comes out, and there's been a lot of them, like there was that Michael Bay one. There was a oh, there wasn't right. there one a Netflix one this year as well, or was that last year? So yeah, so, there like, was
1: Rise of the TMNT which was an animated series, which I haven't watched, but I've seen clips of the animation. The animation is wonderful because it's all proper hand drawn to the animation. And so nice. uh, it it wasn't very well well received, but um there was enough fan like Outcry that they did like a little movie to kind of cap it off, and do you know what the movie's okay. actually not too bad? It's quite enjoyable.
2: So, and then they did what? Out of the Shadows, the one that was just called TMNT. Is that the one you want about? So you had no. yeah,
1: you had the two Michael Bay ones. So in the, yeah two thousand seven, you had TMNT, which was like the first CGI movie, and then you had the two Michael Bay ones, will produced Michael Bay movies, and then you had yeah. that Netflix one, which is like a hand drawn.
2: Animated one, right? And so I haven't seen any of them, yeah. <laughs> like, because none of them looked exciting to me. But I saw the trailer for this even before the trailer from *Honest*, and there was something about it that was like, "Oh, this looks refreshing. This looks exciting. It's, this looks fun." It's from the director of *Mitchell*. In a way and that, scenes,
1: so. and I know you like. Yeah, them, so and well I think
2: I know Seth Rogen's brought a lot to that because he's new producing it. Yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, I've been like, I've been, it's definitely been on my radar as in, I want to see this. I did rewatch the first three movies this year. I've um, never
1: even seen the third one.
2: <laughs> I don't, I have to say I didn't vibe with them very Wait well. The first one. <laughs> I appreciate the first one as more than the others. The others are bad movies. Like, the first one's a good movie. It's just not totally my thing. Right. It, I just found it a little bit, a bit, Frustrating to watch, if I'm honest. But I kind of appreciated the. I love the suits, and I kind of like what they were doing. I was just a bit annoyed watching it. I, I can't. It's hard to like. I. I. It's like the way they kept on over talking each other, and the kind of at atti- like the very nineties kind of attitude to it, and kind of the language and and stuff like that. I was just I was kind of sitting there going, "This is kind of grating." It's what like a little bit grating about? on They're me.
1: They're like full on New Yorkers <laughs> in it.
2: <laughs> the stuff like I think there was one line that I, keep, I kept on saying to someone was though give me three and I'm like this is so annoying that they said do they three actually say that?
1: They <laughs> <laughs> which one did they say that in? I don't remember that
2: the first one they go like give me three because they got three oh, fingers I and it, I just that. keep thinking about it and I'm like there's no need for you to say that it's annoying
1: <laughs> the, the second <laughs> one is the first time I remember as a child I was probably about seven or eight whenever, whenever it came out probably seven It was the first time I was ever disappointed watching a film. Because if you watch it, they never once use their weapons in it. They use like sausages and (laughs) and, like
2: (laughs) There is a pizza fight.
1: Yeah, it's just it's the second one, it's like they for some reason the first one is at the time it was the most successful independent film ever made in terms of (laughs) what it made at the box office. And for some reason, like uh, obviously a lot of parents were probably like, Oh, it's too violent. So they toned it down considerably for the second one and made it a lot more child-friendly. Which I don't know why they did that because obviously they made so much money in the first place. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's that's a very weird choice. And then the third. It's one, not even that violent, really, at all. It's. I guess it's, it's a bit it's distressing
1: because you have the whole Raphael gets like pounded on by all those foot soldiers, and then he's like in a bathtub for a good like twenty minutes of the movie.
2: Yeah it's perhaps shot a little bit too dark for my liking I could have definitely done with a bit of
1: it's all, it, but what I like about it is it's that old New York before like Disney kind of took it over yeah. and, like cleaned it all up it's still that kind of grungy taxi driver looking New yeah. York City and I, I quite like that about it
2: yeah I agree totally I absolutely agree with that it's it's not. I I didn't watch it going. This is bad. I just watched it going. It's not totally my kind of yeah. my hang. Like really, but it's not like this is terrible. They're ruining this IP or something like but that. What
1: thing. I like about it is like Golden Harvest actually did it, so it has genuinely good like martial arts in mm. it. And, um, totally. You know, it is it is well done. I think you know it's the best. It's just. Turtles movie it's a little it bit. A nice I think game. there's
2: a little bit too much. Um, Power Rangers in it <laughs> sometimes with like the dialogue and stuff that was just I think it was getting to me
1: I'd, I'd, yeah, probably, I'd definitely say that with the other two but not so much the first one and, and I think a lot of it, the, uh, the first one the director it gets worse the director Steve Barron who famously did the take on me video he um, oh right he got fired making the film so <laughs> it, there's a lot of like silly cartoony sound effects and stuff like that and some of the ADR like it, a lot of it was changed in post so it, it's
2: not uh, that makes sense so that's why actually. there might be
1: some little tonal that shifts. might be the
2: stuff that was kind of annoying me yeah. if I'm very honest
1: so maybe out there <laughs> somewhere there's a, a more director's cut so who knows
2: that's so funny what a funny little movie that exists so <laughs> so did you Um, uh, did, this is before the summer the but did you watch um, Dungeons & Dragons?
1: No, I haven't watched it, but it's on my to-watch list because I've heard it's actually meant to be quite fun.
2: It's really fun. Yeah, yeah it is really, really fun. I keep telling people to watch it because, I, like, I, it definitely surprised me in the cinema how much just I was just flat out just enjoying it as, like, an adventure movie. Like, it feels like a D&D campaign. Like, you played D&D. It feels yep. like a campaign rather than it trying to make, like, a movie of, like, the world. It does feel like you're watching someone do a well, campaign. I think, so what? And so I think it, it's really fun.
1: It doesn't try to get too much into the lore of it and stuff and kind of just no, has a fun adventure. Not in slightest. That's good. I'd rather it,
2: that. It really just feels like someone's written like a, you know, this is going to be our gaming session. There's a couple of fetch quests, there's a there's a heist, there's some chases and there's some fights and there's a big like final battle thing. That's a bit like a setup, really. It feels like that. It feels like like you could DM this really easy and I think that's that's really clever about it and I think that's, what, that's what for me set it apart from the other kind of movies I was watching at the time that it just feels like a very different way to approach one of these kind of IP movies as in we'll just write a movie set in the world of Dungeons & Dragons we'll pick up the player's handbook and when we want a monster we'll choose one of them <laughs> Like, and of course that's how you write it but it, it feels like that and it does work there's stuff i don't like about it like there's some of the presentation of the characters i don't particularly like um i think they could have done a little better job sometime weaving some of the kind of uniqueness about characters into it but um they do a good enough job of saying like this one's the bard this one's the druid this one's a barbarian this one's a paladin you know without emphasizing it far too much that i think would put people off mm-hmm. um the bard does a lot of things as a dnd player i can be like oh they're doing bardic inspiration oh they're doing you know blah 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 blah. but they don't announce it kind of yeah at, at the time so, and the same with like you know the paladin does things the druid does things and it's all like oh they're actually picking up from their skill set and just putting them into the film in a, and you know making choices to adapt it and I liked it I really recommend it like, I think it's a real fun time I, haven't I, I didn't do it really didn't do very well at the box office at yeah. all and I don't know if it's going to get a sequel but I really do recommend it
1: um, I think the guys that directed and wrote this were the ones that were originally going to do The Flash well after Rick Famayuya, so oh were they because
2: yeah. I really like Game Night that they did so I'm pretty sure one was of a the really good was
1: Freaks and Geeks I could be wrong or he has something <laughs> to do with it I don't know
2: I know they did Vacation and Game Night I never watched their Vacation but I've only heard good stuff about it but I really liked Game Night and I, I can see why they got this yeah it's good I recommend and the only other one I think we haven't really spoke about though you'll probably you'll probably tell me there's 70 more next uh, did you watch Asteroid City do, do you get no
1: I, I, I still haven't even seen the French Dispatch yet which is a shame because oh really wow I'm a massive Wes Anderson fan clearly not that yeah. because I haven't seen it yet
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think it's um, a remarkable film. I think really? you'll really like it. I, I think yeah, I think you'll really, 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 really like it. I, I I struggled with it a little bit, and but I think it's grown in my head since I've, since I left it, and I, I'm really looking forward to watching it again. Actually, that's cool. I it's know. very there's a lot of different there's a lot of different kind of storytelling elements going through it. You you it's it you've got a lot of it's presented as a play you're watching them put on for the final time and you're hearing the writer talk about putting the play on the director and it kind of freely cuts away from the set of the film you're watching to kind of go into that and I think there's so many meta layers on that that I think my first viewing I'm just like where am I (laughs) and I think as I've as I've kind of thought about it more it's it's grown in my estimation it feels a lot like the kind of imagine if the play scenes in Rushmore were like a whole film, oh, <laughs> but like okay. with a big budget kind of thing. Um, and I, I think I really like that. I, th- and, I and I I want to revisit it. So um, I was interested in hearing your thoughts about it, but you should, I I'm, I liked it. It's good.
1: Well, hopefully. It's when... not
2: going to get any money. Oscars. It's not going to get him anywhere near the Oscars again, but whatever.
1: Well, hopefully when you're back from uh, the Big Apple and we've released those four episodes. <laughs> we can start to be a bit more current again when we when we're back again.
2: <laughs> well, current, and we're doing I think nineteen thirty something or whatever nineteen thirty six. I think we're doing. Hang on. Whatever. So
1: speaking of which, uh, which is the first episode that's dropping? I can't remember now. Is it the old dark house or is it or the old no? it would be house? M. M. Yeah, that's it. So we've got M.
2: It'll be M. Yeah.
1: Then is it? Is it M? You're asking
2: a you're asking so we, a lot for me so to remember this. Up,
1: we've got M. <laughs> The Old Cold House, or is it The Old Dark House? Old Dark House. house, Which is a wonderful film, spoilers. It Um, is so good. uh, Duck Soup and The Thin Man. That's what we've done so far.
2: Okay, yeah. Coming up. Coming up very soon.
1: So on that note, I think uh, think that'll do for now. And uh, as we get into the autumn season and then I guess the Christmas season of movies. uh, God, I hate you. <laughs> oh God! By that point, I'll be in my forties, and that's even more depressing. Uh, but yeah, so um, have a, a lovely holiday in New York. I'm very envious. Thank you. Wonderful
2: I'm really see. looking forward
1: to it. Now you'll have such a great time, and I look forward to hearing stories and all that good stuff of your of your trip to the Ghostbusters Firehouse. And
2: uh, <laughs> I might try and make a um, a trip. I think I might push this. To the quick stop, yeah. I, I'm visiting, I think it's Tuesday. I'm going to a dinner party at someone who lives in North, North Jersey, not North, North Jersey, North Centre Central Jersey. Right. Um, which is near, what's the Kevin Smith place called again? Free something? Free? What? His cinema. Where, where's he from in New Jersey? No.
1: Oh, Highlands isn't it? or something like that. What's it called? I don't know. Leonardo
2: Leonardo. I don't know Leonardo I don't know <laughs> Red Bank Free, I want to say Fremont isn't
1: it Red Bank Red Bank New Jersey that's where his like, comic book shop is
2: yeah that's where I'm going to a dinner party at Red Bank
1: oh okay so that's where his but, Silent Bob's comic book shop
2: is but there. I think his convenience store is in Leonardo yeah yeah so I don't know I don't if they yeah. that
1: far though I think they're quite close
2: they're clo- they're close for America. Oh, not for um, us.
1: It's like down the road. It's like fifty miles. Yeah, away.
2: it's it's yeah, it's like a, you know forty minute drive or something. But like, it's probably not that far. But I know that I'm in the vicinity, so I might see if I can make a, a detour to go visit the quick stop. Ooh. Just because I I was thinking I could take a photo of that for Ali. <laughs> yeah, and that'd be better than the Ghostbusters Ghost House thing.
1: I don't know.
2: <laughs> what if I bought some? cigarettes there a a pack of (laughs) nails a pack pack of nails
1: (laughs) i I have such a sour taste after well after the the double header of jane Son and bob reboot and clerks 3 which was a horrendous movie
2: sure but i mean i think clerks and ghostbusters have very similar sequel problems
1: (laughs) i think clerks more so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. I don't I don't think the Ghost Mister sequels are the best, but um yeah. Both have animated series as well. I don't know what I want.
2: They do both have animated series <laughs> that are actually underappreciated.
1: Yeah, the the Clerks animated series is actually pretty good to be fair.
2: Yeah, my memory of it is pretty good and I'm not going back. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I would never, never, I never the, go back down. I remember there <laughs>
1: being one gag about the Flintstones list in terms of the Shinzo's list, so maybe it's probably best left where it was.
2: <laughs> just leave it, yeah. We'll just. Sometimes it's okay to be with your memories yeah. and not have to find out if they're true. I'll
1: tell you what, I did re-watch um, kind of related, well not really, but I watched uh, Hot Fuzz for the first time since the cinema the other day.
2: Oh, I love Hot Fuzz. And I
1: kind of didn't really like it that much in the cinema. Well, I did, I didn't, did not didn't not like it, but I was like, mm, it's not as good as Shaun of the Dead. But then watching it I think, I think it actually is better than Shaun of the Dead. I think it's really, really good. I think definitely it's better than yeah. Shaun of the Dead, yeah. Shaun of the Dead kind of gets a bit laboured down in the last in the second half Does. when it's in the pub. It
2: struggles under its own weight, yeah, I agree. Whereas
1: Hot Fuzz just doesn't stop. It just is quite... Relentless. No, it's quite, it ramps it's, up. It's probably a bit long. I think it's a bit... Could have shaved a couple of minutes out of that, but. Okay. But um I had such a good time watching it. I was thinking, why was I so down on this film the first time?
2: I think Hot Foot is my number two of his, I think.
1: Did you prefer World's End then?
2: Yeah, I, I think World's End's a triumph, a I real th- triumph, actually. I think, in terms of. And then I think it's probably Scott Pilgrim. Talking of Scott Pilgrim, did you watch the trailer?
1: Yeah, because I told you to watch it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's really. I know we said we were going to end, but. Um, it, yeah, whatever. It's really weird with Scott Pilgrim because I'm not a fan of, like, you know, Chibi... Is it Chibi art? You know, big eyes and stuff like that. It's not okay. my thing. I think it's... But for some re- like for some reason, you recommended Scott Pilgrim to me back in the day. And I think maybe when it first started, it was less that in terms of the visuals. And you, you, you kind of got me onto the comic books and I kind of got a bit obsessed with it, um, as I tend to do if I like something. And... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I thought the trailer looked fantastic. It looked, it just yeah. looks like the comic books, like ripped out. And I am worried in on one hand because sometimes when they adapt a comic book beat for beat, note for note, I kind of get, I switch off because I'm like, well, I've seen. Yeah, this. I get I've bored. Yeah, I get bored. It's like bored they did too. it with yeah. Batman Year One, and it was like page for page, note for note, word for yeah. word, and I was like, this is boring. So I'm interested to see what they do because they've got the cast from the movie, haven't they?
2: Um, yeah, yeah, even Kieran Corkin.
1: Yeah, as um, Wallace Wells. Um, so I'm, I'm.
2: I think it. I thought what was really funny about watching the trailer was how it feels like a period piece. The animation. <laughs> like, to to watch watch it, it, Sunday, I think it's
1: so
2: good. Yeah, but the animation. No, but the the when they're pre- when they're presenting feels like an old time. Like, well, I guess it it's, doesn't. Be. It doesn't feel current. Yeah. It's not what people look like now. That no one wears clothing like that. No one listens to music like that now. Oh, yeah. like, it's, it's not what fucking teenagers it's are now. It's Totally two thousand and four. You know, it's it's. Thimes. It is. It's a. It's absolutely. I was watching. Going shit. This is my. This feels like my. Like. Youth, you know, like this feels like my kind of my era, yeah. You know, I'm a millennial baby, yeah. It's the era
1: when we go and see like Q and not you and stuff like that, you know, yeah,
2: yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. I was massively into my like whatever indie was going on at the the time and stuff like that, like, yeah. Though I still have plaid that I wear, but whatever,
1: (laughs) to be be honest, like, I was thinking about this the other day. A lot of people like I was watching like current tv and i'm thinking oh it's funny like you you look at these people and they look fine but then you watch an older show from like five ten years ago and you look at what they're wearing and you think oh it looks pretty bad like <laughs> like obviously they're being fashionable and current at the time so whatever i'm watching now in yeah. five ten years time is gonna look really bad but then i look back Absolutely. At, but then i look back at pictures of me from like 10 years ago and i'm still wearing the exact same clothes <laughs> literally some of them are the exact same clothes I, a plaid shirt, t-shirt, or a jumper, jeans, and some vans, and I have not changed in about 20 years. Obviously, I had my little new metal phase, which I look back at those pictures and I'm like, "Ooh, those jeans are not good." But um, since then, I've I've pretty much stayed consistent, and I'm quite happy with that, with my choices in that regard. I have to say, I know it's boring, but I never age. Um, facially, I do. Um,
2: well I'm wearing quite different clothes nowadays.
1: <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen you in your new Gab, so
2: um We need to come down to Brighton. I will, will you, hang out. Yeah, I
1: will do, definitely. I will do. I'm on. in
2: dungarees at the moment if you must know. Hey that's why that's why I chose to record him. I've
1: got a pair of dungarees, I wear them to work in that. They're so comfortable.
2: <laughs> dungarees and a pink tank top. That's what I'm wearing viewers. I haven't got p they're not viewers, they're listeners. I haven't
1: got a pink top, top but um, i definitely have a pair of dungarees. Well. Or as my wife calls them bumblebees. I Dunno why she calls them bumblebees. Bumblebees, yeah. I like that. There
2: you I was thinking about taking them to America but I think it might be too hot. I think it's like eighty degrees C in, in New York. I don't I think we should probably quit t- <laughs> talking.
1: Right, okay. So yeah, it's got pilgrim, I'm really looking forward to it. So, yeah, as we said earlier... And I'll
2: send you a photo of the uh, quick stop.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, on that note, um, let's call it a day. Uh, Thanks very much for listening uh, to us ramble on about the movies that we have been watching. And we hope you actually do come back next week when we talk about M. It was actually a really good episode, and it has the best intro that Lena has ever done. (laughs) Which, actually, I think if we go back to the beginning of this episode, we didn't introduce ourselves... So I'm Ollie.
2: No, we didn't. Hi, I'm Lena. <laughs>
1: and we're going now. <laughs> Bye. We're off. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us on whatever you listen to us on. Be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Apple Music, whatever it's called nowadays. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter. We are at adjustyourtracking. That's with a YR, not a your. And yeah, don't forget, if the picture's bad, always adjust your tracking.